So what is the last time we did a podcast? Uh, it was, I could see our message history. It was in June. Okay. <laughs> so a good six months. Yeah. Uh, nothing's happened, though, so I mean, really. Oh, no, the world is exactly the same. It's crazy. You know? You'd think something would have changed by now, but no. Just boring as usual, you know, just keep spinning. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. No strife in the world. Uh, no, no big changes in, in in the world at large or in our own lives, really. It's, so it's Not even a little. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, why do we even have a podcast? Um, so, yeah, I don't know where to start. <laughs> um, well, I guess this is the first time I've ever publicly talked about this, but uh, I figure something a bit interesting to talk about. Hmm. Um, I had a tryout for the WWE uh, back in November. Oh, sorry, the very start of December. Hmm. So that was something. I uh, actually took two months off work and got into the best shape of my life. So, yeah. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. It definitely, uh, like, so I'll give a bit of a backstory for it, I guess. Um, This was for the NXT tour that um, they did in Australia. Uh, um, uh, earlier this year, it was this big sort of tour of Japan. It was going to be New Zealand, but the New Zealand side got cancelled, and it, uh, Australia. So um, they had a takeover there, didn't they? Um, no, they just, just like recorded a, a match for it. Yeah, yeah, like they, um, yeah. So they recorded the the cage match between um, Samoa Joe and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. uh, in Melbourne. But yeah, that it wasn't a whole like proper takeover thing. Hmm. But um but yeah, no, it so they did this big tour of uh both countries and uh did a couple of mini tryouts. It wasn't the usual like I don't know if you've seen footage online and, and stuff of how they do it. Normally do it over a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um the one in Melbourne was a bigger one and that was a whole day thing. The one in Perth, um just due to scheduling and stuff, ended up only being a couple of hours. Hmm. So it was very much like, you know, I, I spent a lot of time perfecting uh, my ring work and getting into amazing cardiovascular shape. And then they and, had you um, do jumping jacks for 20 minutes and that was it. No. <laughs> not to that extent, for sure. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it was much, much less intensive than what uh, I was like prepared for. Right. And it's like, ah, uh, that's a bit of a shame that I can't sort of showcase. Right. Right. Uh, how well, uh, you know, like just running through the exact same wrestling drills again and again and again. Well, well, I do think, and in, 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 in my experience, you know, even with just starting people for training, they like convey so much to people. Oh, like you're not tough enough for this, and like, and then you think taking a bump is going to be like a gunshot, and you're like, ah, actually, that wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be. You know, and, and, yeah. and the same thing. I think when they show like that training stuff, they're just like, oh no, we take no prisoners here. We go real hard, and all that. like, come on, man. <laughs> Like, obviously, they're athletes, but you're not killing these people. Um, no. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I've, I've heard some of the drills are pretty intensive. Like, from what, uh, 
like the drills that are running a couple of years ago because we've had people who've run through um, the tryouts before. Mm-hmm. It does seem like it's the kind of thing that separates, uh, like, who's actually capable of completing these drills and who's not. Mm-hmm. But it, to be honest, it didn't end up mattering because we didn't end up running it through them anyway. So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, it was just, uh, like, the whole thing was just surreal because... Um, uh, like, for starters, actually being, you know, in at, in a WWE event as part as being like an invited guest mm-hmm. and competing in WWE ring, I mean, it's something that uh, I never. I mean, you, you hope that you do that at some stage of your career, but like, I wasn't expecting it, right. especially not this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um. Thing was, I mean, it, it's it's NXT and it's an NXT tour, so obviously it's much less like low, it's much lower budget than the WWE show proper. Mm-hmm. Um, no crazy barrier setup or anything like that. No, you know, like the kind of things you normally uh, see on TV weren't there. Right. But um, it was still just really awesome just to actually be in their ring and find out that. It's way more stiffer than what I thought it would be. <laughs> and, and apparently they used to be much worse in the 90s. Um, oh, yeah, when they used to use basically boxing rings. Yeah. Um, and also, it's like much larger than most of other, like most other people's rings as well, right? Um, that's the, that was the other thing. The NXT ring they had there mm. was not that big. It wasn't the WWE size ring. Okay. So, yeah. Because I know for uh, people that are especially like used to being like flyers, it's, uh, it takes some getting used to because you have so much more area to cover when you're running. Um, so it's it's why when a lot of people like that are known for being like high flyers go to WWE, it, something is off. And it's not just because of the style thing. It's also just because okay, I'm not, you know, I have to take a few extra steps here and there, and it takes some getting used to. Um, yeah, yeah, ring positioning becomes a much bigger issue, right? Than what they would in a normal size ring. Oh, I say normal. Every is a huge. Range variance and ring sizes. If yeah, you, like mean, the little, like the like, uh, God, the, like the ICW ring. ring. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like two by two or something. It's like, how do you like suplex them without them just falling outside? Like, you know, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I've been in tiny little rings like that, and it's just to go from that to a WWE ring. I think that would be the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that you have to run two times as far to get to the ropes. Right. I think that would be crazy. But, but um, did yeah. they spend an hour telling you to like where the hard camera was? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I, I think, in fact, uh, Regal specifically said, uh, like, because it, you know, they ended up largely being just rolls and then tryout matches. Right. You know, rolls bumping tryout matches. So, um, Regal specifically said, "Don't worry about all that hard cam stuff. I just want to see you guys work and see how you guys go." So. Hmm. And he seems to be mostly impressed with uh, with our work and, like, pretty positive. So it's hard to say how uh, what's going to happen from this, if anything. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I could tell as soon as it ended up just being an afternoon thing mm-hmm. that no one was going to get hired from this, even if they were the most amazing wrestler in the world. It's not enough of a, a chance to really look at someone. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but 
But they are being super aggressive right now with hiring that, people. Yeah, um, and that that's always the hope. That yeah. With the, so, I mean, that's the thing. In Australia, like there there is no way to to make a living off wrestling full time. Right. You know, mm. there's a good wrestling scene over in Melbourne and and Sydney, and that's about it. Mm. You know, and it's it's a cup a few shows a month, but it's not uh, enough to sort of work full time. So, and, and traveling, I, I mean, I'm sure you can tell from just the sheer size of Australia that actually getting around a huge hassle and very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know, the next state over isn't uh, a, a two hour drive like it might be in the US. It's a eight hour drive minimum sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So it really, you have to sort of be dedicated to, to travel around Australia. And then I say this especially as someone from Perth, who's, I, I, get, I think we're technically the most isolated capital city in the world. So it's, it's funny because, you know, being a stupid public school, you know, educated American, it's like you see Australia when you're a kid and you're like, oh, it's that little island over there. And like, nope, <laughs> it's actually the size of our entire country. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, just one of those kind of funny things What you learn later. It's like, oh yeah, actually it's, it's gigantic. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I don't know. It's, I think it's a really good time to be an indie wrestler, um, in terms of not, not maybe in terms of like staying in indie wrestling, but in terms of like opportunities that are opening up because they're taking so many people. <laughs> That, you know, the second anyone gets any sort of notoriety, it's like, oh, okay, well, they're going to be in NXT in a year. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of anyone really that, that, you know, that had a name that wasn't like a huge, you know, behavior issue, I guess, or an attitude problem they didn't take. Um, it, it's kind of, they've kind of taken everyone <laughs> at, at one point yeah, or another. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, just about. So. Like, there's, there's a couple of indie names out there, but. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's either behavioral issues or chances are they're just waiting on them and they're going to pick them up eventually. And so. yeah, the, the the weird one that always stuck out to me was Chuck Taylor. Um, I thought he was going at one point, and then it just kind of never mm. happened with him. And, and you can tell it really, really bothers him. I was actually watching Bola um, months back, and he was on commentary, yeah. and it was just like you could tell he is really bothered by the fact he's watching all of his friends get jobs, and he's like, I got in real good shape. I stopped being comedy guy. I can promo my ass off. I'm still in the Indies, <laughs> and it's um, you can just tell he he's very bothered by that. But um, yeah, I, I love Chuck Taylor too. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I want nothing but success. <laughs> yeah, um, I I have. I've not been keeping up greatly on things because in, from just you know watching stuff, it's been really kind of boring. Um, and just kind of just having a down, and plus I've been very busy, but, <laughs> um, it's kind of a downturn, just kind of following stuff, just going, okay, well, we're just kind of raw is raw. And, you know, it's, you know, the Indies are, you know, if I hear like about a great show or something, it's, but, um, yeah, I haven't been watching a huge amount lately. But, um, yeah, I, I'd like to say that I keep afloat of everything, but, uh, I largely read results online for the most part watch highlights and and that's true for wrestling 
from all forms of the earth. It's just so much to keep up with now, I especially will. with WWE doing, what, six to seven hours of programming a week? Well, I, th- I think they're determined to make sure that, like, eventually they just, like, have a 24-hour live feed of wrestling. There's an event going on in every corner of the earth. It's just like, you know, there, there is a bit, there is like, you know, a point where, you know, it's too much. And I think they've kind of already reached that with the two pay-per-views a month now. It's like, I, I didn't want to watch one. So, but, um, even NXT, it's like, it feels like they're just kind of going through the emotions right now. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Nakamura and, and Joe are not getting any younger. <laughs> they're both injured apparently now. And they're still just down there, and uh, it's kind of like you're just kind of waiting for that next like wave of people. Yeah, because it seems like they're all there now. Yeah, you know that that's the first step. Yeah. So I I feel like NXT later on this year is going to return to its previous glory and become a a show about you know genuinely interesting up and comers. But Mm. at its current stage, I think it's just. Yeah, it's a bunch of it's a lot of the old guard, and they're entertaining in their own right. But it's it just doesn't feel fresh. Is the only thing. Well, also they just, they, it's all people that you already know. Yeah, they also just fill it with so many people that have already done so much, and it's just like they're mm-hmm. why are they here? <laughs> you know, they don't need to be learning anything. They're you know, like Roderick Strong does not need to be in developmental. He's you know. Like, the only thing he well, would ever need to work on is promos, and that's, like, I think he's kind of as good as he's going to get. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, I mean, I guess I guess that kind of leads to what Triple H has said, is that NXT is no longer a developmental brand. I... Which... <laughs> I believe him, and I don't believe him at the same time. Um, like... Because you have all the, like, there's no, like, middle tier there. <laughs> it's like, there's a great worker, and then there's somebody who's in their first year. And there's kind of no middle ground there. And you have, like, you know, you have a lot of the veterans that are there to teach the, the you know, to teach the the new people. But, at this, like, it's, I don't know, it's it seems real uneven. You know, like, you know, Asuka's there, and there's no one on her level. <laughs> You have, you know, Shinsuke there, and it's like there's kind of no one else on his label other than Joe, which is why they're having a best of 87 series. Yeah. Um, it's, um, I mean, it does look like they're both going to be going soon. But um, I, I do wish they did more to rotate down, like, the lower mid-card guys from the main shows in, in back into NXT to, like, help reinvent them and stuff. Like, Jack Swagger should be down there right now because he's not doing anything. Um. If if they, if they want to act like it's not actually developmental and it's just a third brand, then I think they should do something like that to to really you know. Yeah, I see what you think. But um, because because otherwise I think they would feel like, well that's a demotion you'd have to take a pay cut or something or because you'd be going down. Um and, and you know they still they still see it as a call up when you go up and it's like well, yeah. It's, but uh, I just I just want Nakamura on the main roster. <laughs> It's basically my, my my problem, and and I, I feel like they're gonna wait too late, and he's gonna be so so banged up that he's gonna it's gonna be another Finn Balor situation where it's like, all right, well, he was taking bumps in Florida for two years, and then he gets up there and he and he falls apart. Um, and I don't want to see that ah. happen. Yeah, I, I feel like Finn Balor's situation was such a freak accident, though. Mm. I mean, yeah, he, he's like Finn Balor isn't young, but he's managed to stay injury free 
largely his entire career. So mm. I, I think it was just one sort of freak accident that sent the whole thing crashing down. It's just a big shame that it, that it happened at the very start of this push. Yeah. And, and, and like, watching the Raw show, like, that show needs him. <laughs> it, it really does, because, like, the booking is just... It's nothing, you know, and... I'll watch highlights and stuff and be like, well, there was a good cruiserweight match. It was three minutes. <laughs> yeah, and there's characters I want to see, but they're not really doing anything with them. So it's, you know, and SmackDown, I hear, you know, SmackDown has the old NXT writer on it, and so that's occasionally better. And, um, you know, AJ's improved leaps and bounds. Um, and I'm going to be very sad when John Cena beats him again. But, um, it's, you know, again, it's, it's, it's like, that pre-transition phase that we're in right now where it's just like something's got it like the rumble's coming up that'll that's always fun to watch i'll probably watch that but um well i say that and then like the last the last two have been like terrible but um yeah it's you know, once once post wrestlemania happens that's usually when they mix up things um and, and do call-ups and whatnot so i can only hope <laughs> but um it's uh very cool though. Um, I would be terrified <laughs> uh, if I was if I was put in that situation um, with uh, the tryout and everything. It's like you know, and and that was one of the and again that was one of the many reasons that I didn't see myself continuing down that path where it was like I'm going to go to WWE and it's just going to be like this super political walk on eggshells thing and I'm going to be fucking miserable. And it's like. That's the top of this career path for me, and I just I don't think I have the personality to handle it. Um, mm. It's just something, and, and like I would, I guess I would be happy being like in like an indie guy or and, and stuff, like because it's like not like money is the biggest motivator in my life, but at the same time, it's like I don't imagine you know when I was a kid, I wasn't imagining cutting promos in the you know, the BFW hall. <laughs> I was imagining you know coming out of the Royal Rumble or whatever. It's you know so. I, 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 everyone, that's like everyone's goal. You know, it's, it's, I, I think there are very few people that don't, you know, want to be there unless you're in like New Japan or something. But, um, I mean, I think there's a lot of independent wrestlers who are happy where they are. Like, sure. it, it's not uncommon that for someone to just sort of want to do it as a weekend thing as opposed to a career path. Sure, but like, it's like, well, I mean, yeah, there's, like, the Weekend Warriors and stuff, and I definitely know a few of those. And it's like, I've been doing this, you know, monthly show for 30 years. Uh, yeah. And, and, like, these hundred people that show up love me, but no one else has ever heard my name. And, and like, there's kind of, like, a cool kind of appeal to that as well, where it's like, you own this town. <laughs> yeah. If you step outside of here, no one knows who you are. Um, and Baltimore was definitely like that. Um, I've done – I've not in, in any way – learned or integrated myself into Georgia wrestling uh, without a car it's kind of hard but um but people but people that are like looking to get out of that I should say more specifically are typically like there's only one place to go um yeah. Japan is an option but even Japan is kind of like there's a lot of people there <laughs> you know they can only yeah. they can only have so many dudes in the bullet club <laughs> yeah well they they keep expanding so well, we'll find out what the outer limit actually is uh, when the Bullet Club finally reaches its hundredth member at well, uh, some stage this year. I, I imagine there will be like a Wolfpack Bullet Club, and there will be a Black and White Bullet Club. Well, well Kenny Omega is apparently taking a break, but I think it's just a storyline thing. Um, 
Yeah, and I think he probably just needs to take a little bit of time off anyway after destroying himself. Yeah. Just a few nights ago. I did not see any of that, but I heard it was a really good match. Um, oh. Meltzer six stars? You didn't... Uh, I, I, I like Dave Meltzer. <laughs> more, more than a lot of people do, to be honest. I think he gets a lot of shit. I think he has he is a, a thankless job where he's like, you know... He works in an industry as one of the few, like, journalists, like, with a great track record and, you mm. know, documenting all this stuff. And, and most of the people in that industry pretend to hate him or actually hate him. He overrates New Japan a lot. <laughs> so, you know, and, he, and, like, especially, like, every Young Bucks or Kenny Omega match, he's like, this is, like, the, this is a cosmic event and it is life changing and I'm going to tell my grandchildren about, like, this. I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> I'm sure it was a great match, but like, but it's also it's like that's his kind of wrestling. That's his very specific. Like those are his buttons. Um, yeah. So that's and that's for him. And it's just you know it's no different than really what I try to do, where it's like I tell somebody a game's good, and it's like, well, I didn't like the game as much as you, so your review's bad. It's like that's not how it works. <laughs> so it's you know, and and there's oftentimes, very often, I agree with him, and I'm like, all right, cool, that was a five star match. Typically, I'm not going to watch. It's anymore. almost like. Almost like art is subjective somehow. Almost like it is subjective. It's weird. It's weird. It's, it's like crazy. we're all humans with different personalities and different interests. It, you know, it's almost like if you if you like know that you don't agree with a reviewer or one thing, you're probably not going to agree with them on everything. It's 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 you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's no. It, there's no glamour in what he does, so. But um, I, I do think it's funny because you know I do go in their forums sometimes, and and they, they, uh, generally the observer is how I keep up on stuff. And I'm just you know watching everybody just make fun of him. It's like, dude, you don't get it. He liked it a lot. It was great. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean you have to. Doesn't mean you you know. It doesn't mean you're a better or less person if you don't agree with him. It's it's whatever. Um. You're allowed to like whatever you want to like. You know. And um, you don't have to complain a bitch when someone else doesn't like or does like. It's something a big know. part of the internet in general, and especially being you know learning and being on Twitter way too much. Uh, it, it's I, I learn this a lot, and I just try to I try to help help people understand this as best I can, and it doesn't always work, but I try. Um, uh, I- so you didn't see any of the Wrestle Kingdom show? I did not. I, uh, I, read, I read results. Um, I wasn't particularly interested in a lot of the matches. Um, I was I was kind of burned out on New Japan. Um, yeah, fair their cool. their booking got a very like a lot of samey stuff. A lot of the same guys mm-hmm. in the same positions having the same matches. The juniors, you know, and like the tag divisions were just kind of like. All right, Shibata's gonna destroy somebody again, and you know Okada and Omega be fine, but like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel like this year has been pretty good. Like they had to change people around and introduce yeah. new talent and push people who previously they hadn't pushed. And I think Naito's whole gimmick has really sort of taken off this year. And, uh, there's there's been a lot of good things about New Japan. They're, they're, I mean, their tag division, both um, junior heavyweight and heavyweight, it's always pretty been pretty dire. A, a couple of good matches here and there, but the storylines are 
forgettable and it's the same handful of teams. So I, I've, but, And I've always thought that they should just combine their two tag divisions. Yeah, they, they teased doing it this year. Really? And then they didn't. Oh. Yeah. That <laughs> was uh, Young Bucks versus... Um, uh, God. Who's the hillbilly uh, ring of honor tag team? Uh, um, Briscoes? Briscoes? Briscoes, yes. It was Young Bucks versus Briscoes and they teased... Uh, combining the titles. Instead, they just added another belt. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the six man tag team. So yeah, belt, we have two is... we have two small tag divisions. Let's add a third. Yeah, that was weird. Um, yeah, it is. It's just to utilize all the people that got the roster, basically. Yeah, because they um, do have a lot of stables, and it's you know. So I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's neither here or there. It, it's yeah. a belt that doesn't. The, those um, trio belts don't mean a lot, but. It's okay. It doesn't bother me that they're there, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I thought that the, the rise of Kenny Omega this year was fun to watch, mm. uh, especially during the G1 where you just sort of, you know, like all gears turning at the same time. Suddenly he's working out of overdrive and just putting on these amazing matches and mm. it was really fun to see. And, and, um, and, and, and if nothing else, like, I can say a lot of things about like New Japan's booking. Rarely does it not make sense, <laughs> mm. you know, which is you know not not something I can say about a lot of companies. Um, but like like Kenny Omega was a comedy guy, and they were like, all right, he can't be one anymore. We have to legitimize him, and then they did. And it's not yeah. hard, <laughs> but they that like you actually have to commit to it and do it. Um, and and they certainly did because now it's like yeah, he's the guy that you know. Wrestled the doll and the little girl, but it's, you know it's, that was then. And you know, like Japan, Japan, it, Japanese booking, if nothing else, is better at showing growth, I think, than mm. like anyone else. Like because that's like what most of their stories are about. It seems like there's always like the young boy, and then they leave, and then they come back, and now whatever they did as a young boy doesn't matter because they're a different person. And like you know the whole storyline they did with Okada, which, you know, I thought it was a little bit maybe maybe long in the tooth, but it was like, okay, Okada wasn't ready, and then he grew, and then he got better, and he got stronger, and I, I always appreciated that part of their stories. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And, yeah, like, uh, I'm still, I'm always, like, uh, I'm probably not going to be following New Japan super closely uh, the next couple of months, but, you know, I'll... I'll still keep an eye on it and I'll still watch the major shows because it, they're rarely, if ever, outright bad, you know. There's always a bunch of fun matches and there's always a couple of interesting storylines going on. Yeah. I, even if the whole product, even if the product as a whole is very uneven. I, I, I think it's best usually when, with me at least, just keep, keep a track of them like, you know, if, just checking every few months. <laughs> and mm. It's like, oh, yeah, that was a real good show. And, you know, and, or just if I hear about something. Um, if I have time, and again, time is still something I'm trying to figure out how to manage, um, then I, I might have yeah. down Wrestle Kingdom. But, um, yeah, I'm still, uh, fair still, enough. still working out that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I was literally just, all this was going to lead to was asking if you'd seen the, the insane bump that Trent Beretta took. I did not. Okay. Uh, is it a Topek on Hilo where you do a, a dive over the top rope and flip? Yep. Yes. So, um, 
imagine, if you will, that the young bucks are there about to take it, and then as a planned spot, one buck pulls the other buck out of the way, and uh, Trent Beretta intentionally eats shit on the rapway. Um, apparently it's on YouTube. Hold on. Yeah. So. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> Why would you do that? That was the exact reaction I had. <laughs> wasn't he just, like, wasn't he just injured? <laughs> like, I, I, I think, I think it's been a while since he was injured, but yeah, that's, well, I, <laughs> well, the time between yeah. injury has been increasingly, significantly shorter now. Jesus Christ. It's just an insane bump to take. I can't, like, the first question that popped in the other, like, the other people I was watching with was like, is, was that a planned spot? And very clearly it was. Trent said to himself before going out there, yeah, I am going to dive from the ring to the floor on my back, narrowly missing my head and take all the impact on the rampway. It, it, I just, I, I'm just what it it shows it once and then it shows it again in slow mo and it's like I have to think they were in the back and he was like all right I'm gonna do this and then they go no you're not <laughs> yeah I don't know I it's just crazy to me uh, I, because like a month it, from now no one's gonna remember that <laughs> yeah like even if it is yeah. the biggest show of the year like you're not in the main event dude. <laughs> Even if you were in the main event, I still wouldn't do that. <laughs> but there was, oh, you know, that, I, I hear there was a bunch of stuff in the main event also that, that was kind of, like, insane. Oh, equally insane, yeah. Uh, Kenny Omega took his, took a similar sort of back body drop to the out, from the ring to the outside through a table. There's just, and just... Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm still watching it. Like, there's no good way to take that. No, there, there is no way. Uh, like I like I just like I remember the JR call. It's like how do you learn to fall? <laughs> you don't. You don't learn that. You just do it, and it hurts a lot. Yeah. And then you wake up the next morning and you can't move. Oh, oh God. Just yeah. That's. <laughs> it wasn't even one of the bucks. It was Trent Beretta. <laughs> Uh, see, here's the thing: the Bucks are smart enough not to take shit like, like, not to do shit like that anymore. You know? Yeah. Like, well, they also don't uh, need to because they're like, you know, they they just have their taunts enough. and their gimmick. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was one of the highlights. Well, highlights in quotation marks yeah. of the show for me was just that insane bump that was halfway be- through the show before any of the big matches had happened. So. Yeah. Like, also, if I was following that, I would be pissed off, because it's like, thanks. <laughs> you, just, you just died. <laughs> now I'm supposed to go out and have headlocks. Like, uh, but, you know, with New Japan, it's like, I guess, just everyone follows everyone. It's just, you know, you're going to have great matches up and down the card. But, yeah. Um, you know, it's like it's like a G1, where it's, you know, and G1s are, like, I like them, but they're really fucking draining to watch. Cause it, cause it's just like, oh, okay, well, here's a great match, and here's a long match, and here's another long match, and just night after night after night. Um, and there's, and there's a there's, time when I have an appetite for that, but not all the time. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. I, if there's one thing I'd say about 
the G1 matches in general is they're not super long. Like, I think they're generally in that 10 to 20 minute range rather than 20 to 30. Mm. Like, at least most of the matches that are good are sort of sprints rather than long drawn out, you know. Mm. Mind games. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's also like by the time you've watched the fifth night, it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen all of you <laughs> a lot. Um, uh, I pretty much always watch the G one in highlighted form. Whatever matches other people think are really good, yeah. I'll seek out. Yeah. yeah. Or or if it's like a yeah. weird combination, like I remember there was one year where it was like Bad Luck Folly against AJ. Of like, all right, I have to see this. Just what is he going to yeah. do? How's he going to get this? You know. Um. So that that is one of the good parts of that. But, um... <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that was a that was a thing. <laughs> that was definitely a thing. Uh, do not try that at home, kids. No, the ha- the hazards are real, as they say. <sighs> but um, uh, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> my year has been le- less exciting. <laughs> mm. Um. Uh, I I, uh, I wrote about video games. Yeah, I, but I, I tell you what, like see that level of commitment from you in terms of your writing and stuff. It's pretty like amazing to see. It, it was. It, I guess yeah. I, I'm genu- genuinely curious to hear how you feel about all that work you put towards writing that blog. It's still processing um, in a lot of yeah. ways, and I think I will have a much better grasp on it, you know, six months from now or whatever, maybe a year from now. Um, yeah. As to, like, because I'm not really sure what question to ask myself at the end of that. Like, am I supposed to go, was it worth it? And, you know, because and, like, I can't really tell. Um, I just knew... It, <sighs> It, it all came from this feeling because the previous years were really not good for me. And I was coming out of a lot of bad stuff and a bad relationship and things. And I had this feeling of like, all right, I'm going to my job. I'm not really moving forward at all. I can't really get any of these freelance jobs because either I'm not a right fit or I don't have like recent enough samples of writing or whatever, which was ridiculous. And I just needed this feeling that I'm going to do something and accomplish something every single day. And that was kind of a conduit to that. And at the beginning, it was mainly, it was mainly, it was mainly going to be like a more personal blog where it was going to be yeah. like, I played this game and then actually let me talk about my day or my feelings or whatever and kind of just use it as conduit to it and, and not even actually really talk about the game that much. And, um, I learned very quickly that I couldn't do that at that rate. Because, you know, sometimes I just feel the same all the time. You know, it's when you have <laughs> depression, there's not a whole lot of ups and downs. Um, yeah. But it's, but it, then it became, it's like, you know what? It, it's more interesting for a reader, it, it, you know, it, if I'm going to play these variety of games to have a variety of things to say. And then I started focusing more on the games themselves. And then I kind of backed off of that a little bit and then was like, all right, now I can kind of use this as a, as a conduit to talk about other things. And, it, it, it kept evolving and changing, and it went from I'm writing about games, a, a different video game every day, to I'm just going to write about games every day so that I can write like these more free form kind of just, you know, let me 
you know, spitball to the class kind of thing. And then it was, you know, okay, well, now I'm going to start making YouTube videos and let me, you know, just try to figure that stuff out. And then it was like, all right, I'm just going to create every day. Um, even so, like, but by the end of it, I tallied between writing and videos. I covered about 400 video games. Um, and that was with missing days. Um, yeah. Because, you know, 2016 was horrible for a lot of people for mm. a lot of reasons. Um, mm. And it was for me as well. Um, you know, I had a death in the family. And I just took a week, week off. But I didn't stop posting. I posted every single day. And, and then I was like, all right, I'll make that up later. And there were days where I covered uh, several games. There were games that I played that I just never wrote about. Where I would just play them and go, I have nothing to say about this. But um, it became another job. Um, it was... Mm. I would I would go to work. I had I have a job where I'm pretty much home by noon every day. I you know, I, I I leave really early in the morning, come home at noon. It's like all right, I can play this game for a few hours, then write down and like I don't have time to really edit or anything. It's just what do I think? And I like to think of nothing else. I was able to build a portfolio of like. I can write a lot of different things in a lot of different ways, and no one else really writes the way that I do. And I can write a review, I can write a list, I can write a bullshit comedy thing, I can write this, you know, and that and that kind of thing. And and, and I, that was something I very much tried to keep in mind as I did it. It was like, all right, I need to do something different. Um, and because of that, it forced me to play a lot of games I wouldn't normally play. Like I played a Call of Duty game, you know, <laughs> where it's like it's. Because I just, I need to be out of my comfort zone, you know? I need to, you know, I, I played football games and sports games and stuff. It's just like, because I, I can't just write about the stuff that I want to... And it also meant that, like, anything that was a long game, like any, like, 40-hour experience or even, like, some 15-hour story thing, I had to basically pretend yeah. it didn't exist. Um, or I could only watch the first hour of it when I make a video about it. Um, and that was tough. Um, but looking at the end of it now, it's like... I kind of see where I was at the beginning of 2016 and now where I am now. And there are tangible things. Like, I have a website now that has a fuck ton of content on it. Um, you know, I have 1,800 Twitter followers, whatever that means. Um, you know, I have people that are actually, like, you know, I have a hundred-something subscribers on YouTube. Like, it's not a ton of anything, but it's more than I had. Um, yeah. And that's kind of all, kind of the only way I can look at it. And it's like, maybe that job opportunity is never going to come where, you know, you know, whatever website or whatever is like, oh, we're hiring writers because I don't know what a writer even is now for most of these places. You know, like there's a few here and there that still have writers and still have reviewers. Polygon was hiring reviewers. I sent some stuff for them and never heard back. Yeah. Because they got swamped with, you know, people, I'm sure. And, um, you know, and, and maybe like, maybe my path is not to do that. Maybe my path is to just keep doing my own thing because kind of no one else is doing that. (laughs) It seems like all, all all the games writing now is, you know, seems to be just a lot of like think pieces and, and, you know, hot takes and stuff. And, or it's kind of the vapid disposable, like lists and things, which I never liked doing. Um, and, and I kind of just like doing my own thing and being my own boss and having people that support me in it. Um, even if it's not gonna make me rich, but, um, 
I can only hope now to right. get some momentum going, you know, if nothing else. And uh, I, I don't know. It, yeah, it's great too that like as soon as you mention like think pieces and then lists, like straight away the two websites sort of represent those two things the most popped into my head. Like I was just like, oh yeah, Waypoint and oh, what culture? They were both hiring writers this year. Yeah. Um, and like what culture I wrote for, and I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. Hated well, it. That, that um, was a much smaller what culture though, wasn't it? Yeah, like it, when it was, it was. Um, yeah, but the, like even the, even now, that's still all they do. Like that's all. Oh they do yeah, it's, it's just like the anytime you know, click through stuff yeah. where it's like I'm gonna click 15 pages to get this whole article. And it's, <laughs> I hate yeah. that. Um, and waypoint. I don't know what Did you they're make doing. Any yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing. Like, like I don't know what their site is anymore. <sighs> because it's like I have, like I have, like ideas and stuff. Like I don't even know how to shop it to you guys. Because like, mm. you're not writing reviews. You're not really writing editorials. Half of your front page is just fan fiction. <laughs> it's like, so I, so I'm not like I'm not really sure like you know, and and Austin is, you know is, is great and, and my interactions with him has have been great the few I've had and, and mm-hmm. you know I, I I really I like everyone on the staff they have. I just don't know what their goal is, you know, because like I, you would look at him and look at Patrick and, and and things like that and you'd be like I guess their goal is to just be like this like haven for like like hardcore critical like thought stuff it's like kutaku already kind of tries to do that stuff and mm. sometimes well often swing and miss but and there's a lot of other places to do that and and i don't think like the future of making sure that like games writing continues to exist is to keep shouting down it from a mountaintop <laughs> mm. you, you know um somebody once somebody once described to me it was like games writing is basically either really really terrible or it's intimidatingly great. And I, I think when people, you know, look at the intimidatingly great stuff, it's like you're already speaking to an audience that already agrees with you and already knows. Um, you're not converting anybody with this. And yeah. also, maybe not everything you write about games needs to convert somebody. You know, like when I write things, it was more kind of a personal edge where it's like, all right, this part of game design I like, and this is why this works, and this is why I like this so much. And, like, I remember somebody asking me once, like, why did, uh, why, like, they didn't understand why I like Shadow of the Colossus. Which is a game we played for Extra Lives, by the way. And, yeah. And, um, <laughs> way back when. Uh, and, and, and I kind of, ha- like, had to stop and think, cause, like, why do I like it? Like, why is it special? And, and I was like, because it does all the things you're told not to do. Um, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're supposed to over tutorialize, you're supposed to have all these NPCs, you're supposed to, have something between all these bosses. Like, it shouldn't work, but it does. And, and mm. when I went back to write about it, I'm like, that's, 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 that's exactly what it is. And it's also just the way this world is formed through this, you know, this visual storytelling of like what this place is and, you know, where these monsters came from and all this stuff. And, and, you know, I, I dug in this deep wiki hole, this guy who like t- went through every corner of that map trying to figure out stuff, and he determined where the missing colossi would have ended up being, the, the ones that got taken <laughs> out and stuff like that. I'm like, this is yeah, super yeah. interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I just, you know, I think there's a place for writing that's a bit more genuine, that maybe, you know, I, I, I think there's always been this respect problem with games where we keep fighting for games to be respected and like i like why 
it, it, like I don't know what the end game is because it, it's 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 ingrained in our culture. It's not going anywhere, and and I think the more that we try to look at it with this through this academic lens, and I'm not saying we should never do that, but like mm. that we constantly do that, where you know ludo narrative dissonance and all this stuff, where it's like, all right, well, what is our end goal here? <laughs> What are we doing? Because like the people that are, know these things already know these things, the developers and, and, and all these things, and there's just a lot of realities. Of like okay, and, and you know, again, there are conversations that need to happen in terms of like representation and things like that, and um, and I think those are very important. But just yeah, I look at I look at Waypoint, I look at the stuff that Giant Bomb went with for 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 their guys, and it was like it wasn't it was not surprising who they went with, but it's also like, mm. all right, what's what do we, what's our what's our angle here, um. You know, then that's kind of what inspired me to do my Sunday pieces. Um, when, when Sunday just became like, all right, I'm just, there's something I want to say, you know, that I'm thinking about. And maybe I'm not going to like blow anyone's mind or have some huge hot take, but you know, um, one of, one of my favorite pieces that I wrote was, um, called Luck is for Losers. It was about how I was trying to figure out this YouTube thing. And how so many people try to do it to get famous, and, and how I looked at um, Jack Septiceye, which is one of the most famous ones, and he had a video like how to be successful at YouTube, and he kind of like you realize he doesn't know either. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it just happened. Uh, it, it was dumb luck, and like how terrified we are to admit that dumb luck is important. And, you know, that, like, if we admit that we were lucky, it somehow invalidates our accomplishments. And I don't think that's true. You know, like, there are, you know, it's this old saying of, like, you know, um, God, who was it? Calvin Coolidge, I believe, maybe, former American president, um, who's like, the world is full of, you know, talented, unknown people. <laughs> you know, yeah. the difference is luck and determination. And, and that's true. And, you know, you... You can fall into an opportunity. It doesn't mean you are undeserving of that opportunity. You still have to go with it. You still have to run with it. You know, if you know PewDiePie had shouted out his channel and got him all the subscribers, and then he sucked or he didn't work hard, he wouldn't have gotten. He still wouldn't have gotten big. Same thing with me. If when people recommend my site to somebody, if they read it and they don't like it, they're not going to stick by it just because it was recommended to them. But you know, it's if the right eyes see it and. Um, yeah, you know, I'm slowly getting to that point. I think. Um, yeah, you know, I'm getting. I have people in the industry that follow me now on Twitter and stuff, and read my stuff, and like developers read my stuff and go, "Thank you for writing this about my game that no one heard about." And so, you know, it's, yeah. I appreciate it. And I like. I'm starting a dialogue with a lot of these people, and um, it's slow going, but it's like there are people that know who I am. I have fans, which is crazy. Like there, you know, there are certain people that follow whatever I do and like whatever I do, and it's. You know, it's not a ton. It's not, you know, you're not going to fill some convention hall for me to like have a speaking engagement, but it's, it's something, you know, it's more than I had. And, um, it also makes, makes it so I'm being held accountable now. So like, I can't just stop. Um, the Patreon also helps with that where it's like, oh, uh, you, you people are paying me. I got to make stuff now. Um, I mean, I'm taking the week off, even though I kind of haven't, um, cause I've been playing Bloodborne. Uh, non-stop uh, we'll get to that in a second but um yeah it's uh yeah i think i th i think definitely i don't see myself looking back at what i did 
in 2016 and going, you know what, I wasted my time. Because I can't imagine a better way I could have spent it. Um, you know, if nothing else, it's like, all right, I did it. I went for it. <laughs> um, I'm never again going to have somebody tell me I don't have enough writing samples. <laughs> you know, um, and and I, I I did some, you know, I will say, I will admit, I think I wrote some really shitty stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, I also wrote like some of the best stuff I ever wrote. Uh, last, you know, when I was really motivated and, and, you know, it's, you know, I wrote a review of No Man's Sky that I'm very proud of that I, that I thought was really well written and, um, you know, and things like that. Um, you know, one time I just, I wrote about Bayou Billy and the entire article, the entire entry was just fuck Bayou Billy. <laughs> That's all I wrote. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think I, if nothing else, I can say I did it, you know, and that's, that's something. Yeah. And I can, I can say I stuck to, uh, I stuck to a goal. And that's more than I, I've been able to say for a lot of things. And, um, but you know, you get to the end of it and it's like, oh, well, there's kind of no parade or anything. It's just done. And there's it's no, just done. and there's yeah. no huge weight off of me either because it's like there's still so much left to do. Um, because really, I think I saw it as like a means to an end. And then I got to the end and realized I'm not even halfway there. <sighs> but it gave me a huge head start. I think that's the best way I can put it. Where it's like, all right, the hard part's over. <laughs> like, now I can relax. Like, I have no excuses to not get work done. Um, and, and if anything, it's instilled in me this desire I still have to, like, do something important every day. And fill that time that, I, that I've created for myself. If that's, you know, with exercise or... You know, learning a language or, or getting back to, you know, learning guitar or my other projects, you know, that I still have. And it's nice to be able to enjoy other things. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 uh, yeah. And, and of course I spend all this time playing video games. <laughs> still. Um, Most important pursuit of all. Well, I, I happened upon PS4. <laughs> um, yeah. Surprise. I- Mm. Um, my, uh, my stepmother, uh, who I forget is on my Facebook because I was complaining that I was like, oh, yeah, I got this tax return. I got to buy face. I got to buy a PS4 for work because I was, I have a PR contact, um, th- through a couple of different companies and like they would send me codes for review and stuff. And mm. I would keep having to tell them, oh, yeah, I can't get that PS4 code. I don't have a PS4. Yeah, and and it was this really awkward thing. Like, yeah, I want to worry about video games for a living, but I don't have the most popular console. <laughs> Sorry, um, and, and for most people, it wasn't a problem. But there's like some PS4 exclusive stuff. Like they were they were giving out Final Fantasy twelve, uh, Final Fantasy fifteen codes, and I yeah. had one, and I was like, oh, I can't use it because <sighs> I didn't have a PS4. Um, and I was complaining, and um, my uh, stepmother, who uh, you know I don't have the greatest relationship with, but she tries. Um, and she, you know, she's several states away, and I thought she was sending me clothes. <laughs> I, was, I was like, huh, this box has a PS4 in it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, that's great, because, um, you know, now I can focus on, um, other stuff. I mean, it's, I'm still gonna be spending money on work stuff, like this computer very badly needs an upgrade. Um, mm. and, and some other things, but yeah, it's, uh, I've been playing Bloodborne. <laughs> A lot. So, and when I get back to writing or back to work next week, because um, I'm going to try to do you know two uh, two entries a week and still do my videos, um, I'll probably write about Bloodborne first. Um, it's a 
it's a, it's a game. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting, if, if nothing else. Especially uh, getting so used to playing Dark Souls and stuff. It's um, it's real. Have you ever played it? No, I I've never played any of those games. To be honest, okay. the Bloodborne or Demon Souls or Dark Souls. It, I don't know. This is something that's always. I I heard so many people talk about them, and I feel like I have a very good handle on what makes what the appeal is and all that. Mm-hmm. I just have never tried myself. I've just never had that urge. Yeah, I I fell down the Dark Souls path hard, mm-hmm. and um, and and Bloodborne was kind of like you know you know um, you know that was one of the PS4 games I wanted to play. Because there was certain exclusives, like I don't never, I never need an Xbox One, because <laughs> anything I could play on that, I could play on PC. Um, but you know, there was a lot of, there was like Bloodborne and a few other exclusives, and I'm like, all right, well, I need it. Um, and Bloodborne is really good at subversion, where and, and that's what like the Dark Souls games were about before, where it was like because you're so used to playing action games and being so much stronger than everyone else. And, yeah. and and the dark and Dark Souls made you equally strong to everyone else, and since you're not used to that, it feels like you're at a huge disadvantage when when actually it's just being fair. Um, and it's this really interesting feeling of like you're not used to having a level playing ground, and you actually have to fight to win, and, and kind of earn every win. Um, and, and Bloodborne is very much about like okay, how do we subvert this now because we've had so many of these games, like it's all from software makes now. <laughs> Um, you know, how do we like kind of turn that on its head? And it kind of did it by making sure that the things that work in other Souls games don't work in Bloodborne. Like, you don't have yeah. shields anymore. I can't like I play Dark Souls games as the biggest, dumbest like guy possible with a huge shield that I hide behind, and I just whack people with a giant axe, and you know, I go my way. Um, I, I'm still doing it on YouTube actually, but um, and Bloodborne's like, oh yeah, you don't get shields anymore. So oh. Um, what? And it gives you, like, these weird transforming weapons and a gun. And the gun is useless. <laughs> the the gun is only good for parrying somebody in, like, a small window of their swing. And if they, you don't parry them, you get hit for a million damage. You know, that kind right. of thing. It's, it's one of those kind of things. And you get used to it, and it it's real tough in the beginning. Like, harder than any other Souls game I've played. Um, mostly, mostly because it just screwed with my muscle memory. I was used to playing very passively, where it was, you know, I'm like hiding and, you know, counterattacking. It's like, I can't. You have to be aggressive. And there's this right. there's this system where if you get hit, if you immediately fight back and, and give damage, you get your life back. So it's forcing you to be very offensive. Um, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, my brain didn't work for that. Um, but, it's, but it's also like, as I've gotten further into it, I've liked it more and more, because uh, while Dark Souls is very much about like medieval sword and shield and spells and that kind of stuff, um, Bloodborne is very clearly a horror game. Um, yeah. W- w- and it starts as like a gu- it's minor Bloodborne spoilers, kids. Um, it starts as like this Victorian Gothic horror where it's like you know like werewolves and stuff and, and, and that kind of thing and. It's very much about blood, and, and like blood is like alcohol in this universe, where and and that's what you're collecting, and you're trying to figure out like the mystery behind all this, you know, these beasts and the transforming and stuff, and then you realize, oh wait, it's not about that at all. It's about something even worse, <laughs> and it starts to go 
in a direction of a more cosmic horror <laughs> into like right. a, into like a more Lovecraftian horror. Mm. Um, there, there's this um, there's this um, resource called Insight, where the more you have of it, the more of the real world you see. <laughs> Okay. And, I, yeah. And it's like, and it, again, it's very Lovecraftian. It's like, and like, also, the more insight you have, the harder the game gets. So it's like one of these things. Like most people are not going to have enough, but you get to a certain point. Um, big Bloodborne spoiler, kids. Um, you get to a certain point in the game, in the in the game, where you get so much insight, you start to see these giant spiders hanging on all the buildings that were previously invisible. <laughs> And it's like, oh, 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 this is not about werewolves at all. <laughs> wow. Um, and it's, it, it, like, I love that so much because it's like, you know, um, you, you go in expecting one thing and it, and, and, and the, and the, and the transformation is very gradual for that. Mm-hmm. But when, once it, once it hits you, it's, oh, um, there's now a certain point in the game where I've kind of crossed the threshold and I'm very near the end and it's no longer trying to hide anything from me. And it's very difficult. <laughs> it is thrashing me terribly. Um, right. I, I'm trying to get it done before Monday because uh, I want to get a write up on it by Tuesday. But um, and it's it, it's but it, like I'm enjoying every second of it because I just love how it looks. Um, you know, you know the beginning the beginning setting was very kind of drab and it's like okay I'm fight Jack the Ripper or something in this and uh, and then it's kinda, it kind of just goes to other places that are that are. Um, you know, much different, and and of course the the storyline is completely um, sadistic, and and everyone's terrible, and all these things. But um, yeah, I yeah, I've never heard of that particular aspect of it, and that kind of stuff does interest me. So mm-hmm. I I might pick up Bloodborne at some stage. Yeah, it's 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 so subtle how it does it, and but like you get these hints mm-hmm. here and there, um, and, and it's just. Uh, you know, little little bits and pieces here and there, and certain like item descriptions and stuff. And it's like we're dealing with something bigger here. And um, and, and the Souls games, like they they're always very good at obfuscating their stories and and kind of making them hard to follow because they know there are these people that were obsessed over all this stuff. Like like in the first Dark Souls, most of the story is told through item descriptions. Um, mm. You don't really know why you're fighting people. Um, and it's very similar in, in, in Bloodborne as well, but although I have a better understanding of it in Bloodborne. Um, but there, there's a certain shift, and there's actually a day-night cycle, which is uh, something the other ones don't have. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wild. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's also very open. It's, it's uh, unlike a lot of the other Souls games, it feels very linear, or at least Dark Souls 3 does. Um, Bloodborne feels a little too open, maybe, like intimidatingly so. Um, there's a lot of areas where I just felt like I got lost, um, because there were just so many directions to go. But it's also, but it, it's also good because there were a lot of times where I would like hit a boss, and go, I'm not ready for this, and I had four other places I could go. Um, yeah. And and it definitely encourages that kind of thing. So I'm going to be playing that one for a while. That was a good choice for a, a good uh, a first PS4 game, I think, because um, even long after I read about it all. I'll definitely um, keep playing it, um, and I have a I have a PlayStation Plus account, but uh, for like a year, the offerings on that though have not been great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, ever ever since it became a ever since it became necessary for multiplayer, 
it seems like they cared a lot less about the games they were giving away. Um, it, it's I've yet to download any of them. Um, and of course, none of my PS3 purchases carry over, uh, except for Journey. Weirdly enough, but um, yeah, it's uh, there's a couple other other cool exclusives I, w- I want to try, like Amplitude. The new Amplitude came out. Um, mm. But um, I, I will say, being a PC gamer for so long, because of necessity of price, going back mm. to console and looking at their prices, yeah. their digital games, it's like. What are you guys doing? <laughs> you know, like there's like for twenty dollars I can get like five Steam games, <laughs> and like that's one full priced game still on 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 PS4, and, and that's why I always laugh when people talk about the you know like the all digital future. Like no, <laughs> not until we fix this uh, this whole pricing thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. What you, like, I don't know. Do you have a 3DS? I do not. Oh, that's a whole other rant I can go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I, all I was going to say yeah. is that if you've ever seen the, the, the store prices that have got on there, largely for games that are also like on iOS and, and uh, PC, mm-hmm. and just the price variance is insane. Like, you're sometimes paying five times as much to buy it on a 3DS, so that's... <laughs> it makes it a really tough decision if you want to play anything on a 3DS, to be honest. Yeah, I um, because I got the PS4, so I was like, all right, cool, I can take, I can put this towards something else. Hmm. And I, wa- I was like, all right, this is gonna be the time. I'm gonna get a Wii U. And they stopped making Wii U's. Yeah. And they still haven't. They never lowered the price of Wii U's. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll just get a 3DS. They stopped making 3DSs. <laughs> and now all the 3DSs are two hundred dollars. It's like. I can't win with Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, obviously the whole uh, NES Classic thing, where they made, they made seven. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, my wife was like super excited about the possibility of getting that thing, and uh, I really wanted to surprise it with her on Christmas Day, but um, there was no chance. <laughs> It was the exact same thing here as where it was in the US. There wasn't like, uh, you know, like sometimes uh, other countries or other regions get like far more versions of the console made or something. Uh-huh. You know, like I think uh, what was the the what are the little Nintendo figurines? The um, amiibos. Amiibos, uh, much more like when there were shortages in the US. Uh-huh. Here, they they were much more numerous and easy to find. So I think there was like a whole market of people buying them. You know, either here or in Japan or wherever, and selling them in the US. But uh, nothing like that for the um, Nintendo Classic. That that thing, I, I, uh, there were two places that were selling them: EB Games and JB Hi-Fi. Uh, both websites instantly crashed uh, as soon as they were made available. And uh, yeah, <sighs> no, just wasn't going to happen. And, and and like I was, I was always in the the camp of like it'd be nice to have one, but. I don't need one. Uh, that game's nah. list is not great. Um, but then, nah, it, but it, then it, it then it gave me the idea. I was like, you know what? I can just make my own. <laughs> yeah, and, th- and that's the thing. If I really wanted to, I could just download all the games and, and, and set up. Like you know, like it just it wouldn't be that hard. But it it really is just like a, a novelty thing. Yeah. You know, like um, I I have decided. I I did decide this year though. I'm gonna just 
get a Raspberry Pi and just make like one of those little like uh, <laughs> retro machines or whatever. Um, yeah. Just because I think it'd be a fun thing to put in the living room for people. But um, and you know I could always use more projects because you know I have all this time. But um, <laughs> it's I, I yeah that's the one thing about my brain it never stops coming up with stuff. Um, but yeah they already figured out how to hack that thing too apparently. Um, and, and put more games on it, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm actually trying to think. They may have actually had different games on your guys' version. Because I know the Japanese one was different. Yeah, no, there was just two versions released. The Japanese version and then the rest of the world. Because I know the Japanese one that, um, yeah, like the, the controllers were permanently plugged in, in, like the, Mm -hmm. they made it exactly like the, uh, original, um, the Famicom? What was it called? Yeah, the original Famicom where the, the controls were hardwired into the thing itself. And that was the, one of the big problems with it was how short the cords were, were and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, um, uh, well, well, it's also like, I, I guess I guess it makes sense because it's like NES like wasn't really as big there, right? It was like, hmm. well, I'm, well, I know in Europe it was more like Master System and stuff like that, but I'm not really sure like... I guess was it the same in Australia or Yeah. Uh yeah. We um we have largely like we were considered the same region as Europe. Mm. Like in terms of game releases and stuff, so we got the same game releases as them. So yeah, largely the same like uh, uh penetration of like yeah, Nintendo consoles and all that. Um I I wanna say like we didn't have that like the the you know how the old school computers and all that was super popular in the UK and there was that whole UK computer scene. Like, none of that was really over here. There was some of it. I was, like, okay, with, I was about to ask you about the Spectrum because it's like, that's always yeah. fascinated me. That yeah, thing is so I, ugly, I, but I want one. I feel like it, we're, we're just sort of this weird hodgepodge of, like, different elements from different regions and cultures, you know? Like, we just sort of got a bit of everything. But, um... The UK and like Europe in general would be the closest to what we got. Mm. But yeah, uh, yeah, uh, like it's hard, like hard, like thinking of my own memories, like what was actually popular as a kid. Uh, like I know I got um, a Mega Drive. It was my first ever console, and I know that was hugely popular down here. But I remember the Super Nintendo being a much bigger deal when it was all said and done. Mm. And I'm sure that the Nintendo was a much bigger deal than the uh, um, uh, original. Uh, what was the what was for the Mega Drive again? Uh, Master System. Yeah, there. I, I, I'm sure that the Master System was much bigger than the uh, uh, the original Nintendo was much bigger than the Master System over here. So, hmm. yeah, it, it, yeah. That, that stuff always fascinates me, um, just because it's like. Again, it's like that subjective thing. It's like you don't know what's going to hit with people. Um, and just like timing <laughs> and how that works yeah. out with things. It's like, yeah, like, like people would look at that and go, what the master system? What's that? And like, even now it's hard for me as somebody that like tried to really, really hard to go back and appreciate the master system as a Sega kid. It's like the master system has like nothing. <laughs> like there's yeah. like four good games for the thing. Um, or, well, or even like, going further back, like the SG-1000 and all this stuff, but like, you know, it's, um, but that, that was huge <laughs> for certain people. Yeah. Like, and it's just, uh, it's kind of crazy. I, I, I always wonder, like, uh, I was huge into RPGs as a 
teenager, you know, like specifically Japanese RPGs and all that. Mm. And that all started from Final Fantasy VII. Right. And I, you know, that's obviously like it was the highest selling entry in the Final Fantasy series and all that, you know, but it also was the first one to come out in like the PAL territories in Europe and Australia and all that. None of the previous games ever came out down here. Really? So it's like, yeah, that, that, that was my first chance to ever play like a Square Enix RPG. Like nothing, hey, Chrono Trigger didn't come out here until, uh, the PS1 release. <laughs> The optimal way of playing Chrono Trigger. Look, uh, even the worst way of playing Chrono Trigger is better than a lot of the other games. But yeah, it's those hot cutscenes. I mean, come on, man. And the loading times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, and that was you know like a full price game, like several years after its initial release. You know, mm-hmm. like. <sighs> so yeah, like I, I, I do kind of wonder, like, would I would have I been a big fan of like. JRPGs and stuff. If I could actually have played them in the 16-bit era, because I couldn't. That I, I know that um, Fantasy Star, the, that series came out down here, but I I can tell you now, I never saw it on stores as a kid. Like I never played it until like years later through emulation. You know? I didn't play any RPGs until uh, after. Um, after my big, you know, because there was a big gap in me playing games. Um, and and yeah. I have the whole Chrono Trigger story that I've told a million times to people, but um, yeah, it's um, <laughs> yeah, like none of the none of the Genesis RPG stuff uh, really hit with me at all. It was all like action games and Sega Channel and stuff like that, and mm. you know shooters and you know all you know, treasure shooters. Um, but yeah, if like if I had started with Fantasy Star, I know, <laughs> <laughs> like Fantasy Star, yeah. people love that like. Fantasy Star, like now, and it's and a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm in my 30s. I just don't have time. If I was a kid, I probably wouldn't care. But like, it is mm. so freaking grindy. Um, I like, I, I, I always told myself I'm just gonna go through all the Fantasy Stars with an easy patch, <laughs> just to play them and experience them. And I just never yeah. got around to it. Um, and, and, but but like I like through osmosis, I know so much about those games and what happens in them. It's like I really don't feel mm. like I need to. Um, I I have a feeling that like. Eight or nine year old me might have really gotten to Fantasy Star Four if I'd actually played it. Sure. Because I, I think that's the kind of thing that I was looking for at that age. But that's probably the only entry in that in the original series that would have really stuck with me because I've played all the others since then. And, whew, they're uh, they're either hard or like in the case of like Fantasy Star Three, just like really weirdly broken and odd. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's just again, it's just a time thing. Like you know, I yeah. I play more video games than most people, and I still don't have time. <laughs> um, and, and, and like somebody tell me like, oh man, this game is so short. I'm like, how short? How long is it? It's ten hours. <laughs> I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Like no, like, I know what you mean. Like when you were talking about playing, like the possibility even of playing like Final Fantasy 15 with a code. Yeah. Like be honest, if if that. Exact same uh, uh, contact came back to you and said, "Oh, do you still want Final Fantasy 15 code? Would you take it, considering the fact that it is like a what, like a 60-hour game or something crazy like that?" With my previous schedule, absolutely not. Um, with this one, yeah. yes. Um, but okay. I, like, like, yeah, yeah. Um, like I had to do that with No Man's Sky because mm. I couldn't just play that in one day. Um, and then this is again, this is like, this is like, you know. Um, like 
I try to explain people how it's like, oh, like, oh, you should play a few hours of a game a day. That's not that too much. And they're like, right. And it's like, no, you don't understand. I played tons of stuff you don't know about. Also, mm. if I was like the, the No Man's Sky review, I treated it like a review. So I played that for a week. <laughs> but I also had other games to write about. Yeah. So I had to partition more time out of my day to play No Man's Sky on top of the other stuff I was doing. Also, if I had to make a video, which I was doing three times a week, I had to partition time for that when the dogs weren't going to be barking at somebody coming home, so I had to schedule around that. Like, there's so much... And, and, and you know, and, and that's, like, n- not even with editing the videos, which is something I really want to get more into doing this year um, because I have a lot of crazy ideas. But, um, yeah, there's just... That, that, that's how I would have had to do it. I would have had to do it. I would have had to basically probably committed to myself to playing a bunch of shorter indie games for a week while I mm-hmm. powered through Final Fantasy. Um, now if I was to do it, it's like, alright, whatever. Um, cause I've kind of given myself that, uh, lighter schedule, quote unquote, which is still considered way too much for a lot of people, um, uh, where I, where I'm probably gonna do it twice a day, twice a week. Um, and I'm thinking maybe like Tuesday will be like a bigger game and then like Saturday will be like a smaller one. Or something like that. But I've also told myself, and I've told everyone else this, I don't have a schedule. <laughs> if I'm not ready to write about something, I just won't. And and kind of hope yeah. that people appreciate that and hope that, you know, the people supporting me. Like, all my Patreons, like, don't really actually care. <laughs> it seems like, like, and, and like, don't care in a good way. It's like, no one is pressuring me. There's no one going, you didn't write enough this week. You got it. you know, I'm not going to, like, no one's done that. Um, and, and, and that's great. Because it's like they understand and, and, and they get it. And, and also, I don't think anyone last year was going to say I wasn't doing enough. <laughs> in, in a lot of no. cases, I had people telling me the opposite, going, you're pushing yourself too hard. Um, and I was. Um, I, I definitely was at the end there. I was I was ready. I was like, about mid-November, I was like, <laughs> I am done. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just have to. And that last week, it was just like. But also, like, I needed those last ones to be important. I needed them to be, like, big. Like, I essentially wrote a review of Let It Die as well. Um, you know, I like to suit a game. <laughs> um, but, um, it's. I, I wanted them to be really good and, and really important. And, and it, as it turned out, I ended up writing about how much I wanted them to be good and important and, and kind of how that happened because it was, like, stream. Like, because I knew the last one was going to be Chrono Trigger, but I didn't know what hmm. I was going to write. And I was like, do I just retell the same story again like what do i you know do i just keep going oh yeah if it wasn't for this game i wouldn't be playing video games now it's like maybe that's not true maybe something else would have come along you know um or i can just go well i play this game because i enjoy it i don't want to overthink it and that's kind of why i'm doing it um and and i think and again it, it feels like it hit with a lot of people um and um as with most things, my best works come from when I don't think too much about them. Um, and uh, I don't know if there's a place for that. And, and uh, to kind of get back to the original points of, like, I don't know what website would want that. Um, and I don't know if it's wrong of them to not want it. Um, because, like, how many sites do you read like that you actually know the per like you actually know the person behind the name on the article you know that kind of thing um and, and there's all that like giant bomb is the only one <laughs> really yeah I, I just feel like it's coming more and more yeah common 
for, for people to actually know the writers and seek out the writers rather than the actual website itself. And, and, and then that's kind of what I what I hope. Where it's because like yeah. you see all these like writers and you're like you see like their Twitter bios like as seen on list of seventeen websites they write for because they're <laughs> freelancing. It's like you know, I, I would hope to cultivate people that would just follow me wherever I go. Um, and if where I go is just where I am now and my own stuff and my own site, which I hope to rename because uh, having a WordPress blog is not the most prestigious thing in the world. Um, but um, all that will come in time and hopefully make it more professional and stuff. But I do think my, my new schedule is going to make it so I can write better stuff. Yeah. Where I am more in depth stuff, you know, like if I, if I was able to, if I only played Bloodborne for two hours and was expected to write about it, like there's so many things I would have missed. And, um, there's all these games now that I had on the back burner from last year that I, I that I just you know there's the new Zero Escape game I never got to play and uh, Hyper Light Drifter and all these other games like you know <laughs> Stardew Valley like I have all these games sitting on my Steam that I just haven't gotten to touch because it's like these are time sinks. Um, so that is the one part I'm going to enjoy being able to do that and uh, finding something else to do with all this time I spent working and maybe and like. Trying to make sure that it's not just spent doing more work, which mm. is um, something important. Because I definitely felt that I was my health was going, you know, going to shit. I gained a lot of weight because I was just sitting here, you know, a lot and just you know, stressing out and trying to get stuff done. I, uh, I actually finished Oxen Free last night. I so just randomly uh, mm-hmm. amongst the Christmas presents I got. Um, was just money to put towards exercise equipment, so I bought myself an exercise bike, and that's what I sat on while I uh, finished Oxenfree last night. So hmm. there's a fun way to do the two things that you love. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, I um, I moved into a bigger room, so I'm considering yeah. doing something like that. Um, hmm. If nothing else, I'm gonna buy myself a jump rope. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. That's that's you know, it's something. But, um, you know, I have DVD, I have like a bunch of DDP yoga files from like a year ago, um, on my computer somewhere. Maybe do those. Um, just something so it, you know, cause when I, you know, I lost a bunch of weight, um, before, and it was yeah. pretty much like I'm walking on a treadmill watching Royal Rumbles. <laughs> and that hour goes by quick cause it's like, all right, I'm mm. watching the, you know, it's like that kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't know if I could do it while I was playing a game, but, you know, or just, I'll, I'll, I can figure something out, but just something to distract my brain. Um, yeah. Because if I if I know I'm working out, if I know I'm running, it feels like I'm doing it forever. Um, and I can't run listening to podcasts. I tried that, and it's just like, no, this podcast is not intense enough. <laughs> and I can't run listening to music because I like I run out of music very quickly. And it's, yeah, so it's um, I don't know. I, I yeah, gotta, I gotta I, figure something out for that. But yeah, that's why I I'm much better at actually running. Outside as opposed to on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the thing is, when you run outside, um, once you've gotten far enough away, there's really like, you can't stop and be like, well, my exercise is done. You kind of have to run back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually did, I actually did the, um, well, that's what I did, um, during the summer. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, not yeah. this last year, but like I did that couch to 5K thing. Um, mm. I did the podcast and stuff where it was actually like literally this plays like it tells you exactly when to start running, when to stop, when to start walking and stuff. And I did that for a bit, and um, I was doing well. It's just you know I, <laughs> it's not the most reliable thing in the world. Like we even have a walking path out here, um, 
just weather yeah. weather was not great. It rained a lot and stuff, and all these other excuses I'm going to make. But um, you know, or or like when I was uh, you know, I did a lot of Dance Central on the on like you know, when we had that set up downstairs, and and uh, that helped as well because it didn't feel like I was exercising. It didn't feel like I was working. But um, I just fell off. You were getting better at the video again. Yeah, exactly. It's like just that's what they needed to do. They just need to gamify it for me. Um, like yeah. there, and, and I have this new phone. There's like these apps that like um, pretend you're running from zombies or whatever, or yeah, pretend yeah. like you're in a spy movie or something. Like I like that's the kind of thing I need. Um, yeah. Where it just you know. That, that, that's all the kind of stuff that my wife uses too, like the the zombie runs so the mm. apps and all that. Yeah, because um, I just. Like without that, it's just I, I left my own devices. I, I I don't sleep. I get tired very quickly, <laughs> it's, mm. and and that's and that's really the biggest you know and and that's the biggest barrier to me. It's like I don't rest well enough to keep up a good exercise routine, and I'm still working on that. You know, I'm trying to be healthier. Um, so that's gonna be a thing for the new year. We can track my progress in podcast form, I guess. But um, I I definitely uh. Yeah, my knees, my knees don't like it when I, when I, my gain weight and I'm not healthy, so. Yeah. But also cookies are delicious. <laughs> so, you know, it's the, uh, things we have to do. It's like, I always, I always kind of told myself, like, all right, if I'm going to eat horrible, I need to just work it off that much more. Um, and that worked for a while, but life gets in the way. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's nothing worse than if you do eat horrible on a day and then, like, you plan to do exercise and other things get in the way. Yeah. And, I mean, that's life. And, that, and then that's pretty much how I fell off is, like, because all it takes is one day to break from the routine. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that's done. <laughs> and um, that's that's how it works for me. And that's, uh, and, and that's, another, that's another reason. It's like I knew once I got in the habit of doing the writing thing it's like i can't stop now i'm, I'm doing it and like I, I, that's kind of like it wasn't even a motivation thing it was just like i was obligated to do it to myself and, and going like nope nope you've already done four months <laughs> you know yeah you're gonna look back and go i did this for four months and be pissed off at yourself or like no i can't and then it got to the end where it's like you've already done 10 months <laughs> so might as well finish it and and uh that's kind of what I have to do with everything, I think, if I'm going to get any results. And also, like, I knew when I started the writing thing, I wasn't going to be done for a year. <laughs> and yeah. I have to kind of look at exercise, I think, that same way, where it's like, I'm not going to lose 10 pounds tomorrow. Uh, but a year from now, I'll be in a, you know, a, a better off place and, and uh, try to look at it that way. Yeah. And it doesn't take a lot, honestly, for like somebody like me. Like, just move more. Like, even if it's just, like, 20 minutes out of my day, but just finding that 20 minutes and being motivated to do it and stick with it. And... But, um, I mean, that's a problem that a million people have. <laughs> Millions of people have. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is pretty much a, just a general problem with the Western world. It's just... Yeah. This is where we are. Yeah, we're, I mean, and, like, we're all over-caffeinated, and that's, like, that's where all our energy sources are. And, and I'm... I'm I'm more, more guilty of it than most people, because I, you know, it's like I, I work in a, I work in a warehouse, and then I come home, and I'm like everything hurts. I walk to work too, so it's like, and that's like two miles there, so it's like oh well, I've, I walked a lot today. It's just, but like, I just maintain really. It's all I do. 
Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's more than most, though. Like, I, I don't know, two miles sounds like it. it's a pretty, you know, solid distance. Yeah. And on top of the work that you already do, I mean, you know. And, and, and that's the thing I do where it's like I get home and I'm exhausted. And it's like, oh, exercise isn't a thing that's going to happen right now because <laughs> <laughs> everything hurts. Um, and like, but I always told myself, like, I could run these two miles and that could help. Or at least run the mile home. Um, hmm. and, and it's, uh, I always carry this heavy backpack with me, so that help, that's even more that I can, you know. But it just never works out that way. And, uh, yeah. I just, you know, I have extra time now, so I can, I can figure something out. And, uh, again, if I just find, like, a, a, a game <laughs> or something, <laughs> like VR Dark Souls, where I, I have to do all the rolling, like, that'll, that'll whip me into shape real quick. The only thing with something like that is that it's not going to last forever. Yeah, you get, you, and that's and that's the, and that's why like those things always fall off for people. It's like once they're done with their diet, yeah, because like they're not on the diet anymore. Um, it's like a, you know, it's a cliche, but it's like it's a lifestyle change, and uh, especially as you get older, it's yeah. I always tell myself, it's like you know what, I'm just gonna just get rich and famous, and then just like. Get, like, <laughs> and everything else is going to fall on the Everything else is just going to fall on the place. It, it, it will. <laughs> like, it's so much easier to get skinny when you're rich. I mean, like, I can just yeah. I can just have somebody that prepares all my meals for me, and I don't have to worry about it, you know? And I can have a personal trainer that yells at me, and I can go to my own personal gym in my mansion and all this other crap. And I don't think that's, that's like, I shouldn't make it like this is the only condition under which I will be thin is when I'm a millionaire. Um, yeah. And also maybe go like, you know what? Maybe I'm just not meant to be thin. <laughs> uh, there, there's a, there's a middle ground somewhere. Um, it, it's okay. But, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's not a cosmetic business I'm in, thankfully. So <laughs> it's a lot of ugly writers. Uh, unfortunately I am, but, uh, eh, you do well though. <laughs> I do all right. I, I look at. I'm probably much more hypercritical of myself than anyone else, but there's nothing worse than looking at old photographs of myself and saying, oh, I had a lot bigger gut there than what I thought I did. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, like, I only do wrestling promos in the mirror in the bathroom, and I do that, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they are great promos. I will say that. I've won, I've won a million WrestleMania main events in my heart. Uh. So yeah, I think we definitely need to do this um, more often. Uh, at least maybe like not another six months, <laughs> maybe like yeah. two months or something. Um, yeah, it'd probably be a good idea. Because because I, I do think um, even in that short amount of time, I think a lot's going to happen. Um, I, I I I know at least on my end. A lot of things are going to get figured out, and um, a lot of changes, and uh, hopefully for the better. Um, I actually, I actually was asked to do my first interview, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. a, a gentleman wanted to interview. Uh, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of the the Boss Battle podcast, um, and he like interviews like people in the industry, and he was like, "I want to interview him." Like, I'm in the industry. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, sure. Um, so that's going to happen within the next week or something. And it's, and he's like, yeah, I wanted to, you know, uh, talk to you about your experience. And, um, cause apparently when you tell, like, 
this is going to sound stupid. It's like when you tell people what I did, like they're like, oh, <laughs> that's that's kind of impressive. And it's like I don't I don't really feel like it is. Um, but I. Yeah, that that was like his, that was his reaction. He's like, "Yeah, I want to talk to you about this." I'm like, I, "Okay, <laughs> um, sure." And uh, I don't really know what to expect, but um, I, I'm glad for the opportunity because that's like that's something I always wanted, you know. Yeah. Um, just kind of like you you spend so much time it, like creative fields. You spend so much time like wanting people to pay attention to you that like when they actually do, it's surprising. Um, and um, even now, it's just like you like this. Are you sure? <laughs> you, you know, just you're not just staying. You like this? Like I, I have this um, this one girl on uh, Twitter. Um, you know, I just started to talking to, and she's just like, "Yeah, I'm so glad I just discovered you. I have all this backlog to read." I'm like, "You don't have to read all of it. It's all, you just read the <laughs> maybe just read the good stuff. It's uh, like and just." And like this is something that's just gonna get worse, I think, as time goes on. Where it's like so much more of me is gonna be documented. Where it's like it's all that it's out there. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's the society currently living. So. Like the good and the bad and everything. Like I like all these podcasts I've been on. You know, it's mm. like including terrible ones. Like it's like it's it's out there. <laughs> and uh, yeah. It's, and, and like, I, I mean, I never said anything racist or anything like that, but it's like, you know, it's like I don't have like a whole lot to hide, but it's just. Things can always be taken out of context, though. Yeah. I find myself tiptoeing a lot more than what I, I used to just a few years ago. Yeah, but it's also like you know, I, I would listen back to myself on old shows and just like I, I had no idea what I was talking about, <laughs> you know, um. And and even and like now I I fully expect like five years from now I'm gonna to listen to me now and go he had no idea what he was talking about like that's <laughs> he's also gonna be like why did that kid waste his life writing about games for a year um but maybe not I I don't know it's it's just um hopefully just keep growing at a much more reasonable pace and um, try to figure this whole thing out and like I said I think by next time we record I should have some. Interesting news, as it pertains to the site, at least, if nothing else. I know that that's one thing that'll change. I'll have a new website yeah. name um, that I'm still trying to figure out, because <laughs> todayiplay.com is taken. Um, yeah. But you know what? It's not going to be everyday thing, so I need a new name anyway. And um, I don't know. And maybe by that point, I will have that big uh, writing job or something. I hope so, man. But, um, yeah. Or or yeah. just that big writing job is my job, you know, the one I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, Either way, I, I, yeah, I know it was your long-term goal to, to write for a website, but I, I do hope that, yeah, if this is the path for you, that you do continue to build an audience and, the, you know, I, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Like, and it's like, at this point, it's like I've started and I'm doing it and, um, Again, it goes back to the determination thing. It's like, uh, if I stop, I'm not going to get it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I look at a guy like Jim. Um, and I bring him up a lot, and it's like he had a much faster path, but he got there. And like, he's not tied to any website now either. It's just him, and yeah. he's self-sufficient. And there's like, especially now going on Twitter now, it's like there are so many people. That in like not just in this industry, but a lot of industries, like I've never heard their names, and they make like nine thousand dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, 
And it's like, oh, so maybe there is hope for my dumbass. <laughs> like, and, and it's and, and obviously it's not just about the money, but like you know, I, financial security would be great. Um, but like, it, and if that's like if that's, I did that whole year dirt poor. <laughs> So, and like, imagine what I could do if I actually had, like, equipment and, and resources and, yeah, like, things like that. And a, and a game capture unit, which I need to get. Because I have a PS4 and I can't record anything off of it. Um, and I'll leave all these other things to consider now. And, um, maybe it'll just be, you know, I, hey, I'm Damien Wilkins from DamienWilkins.com. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you've heard of me. Like, and, um,. I have websites asking me instead of me constantly sending them emails that never go answered. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's if it's like like my philosophy of the whole thing is like if I can't find a place to be, make my own place, I guess. <laughs> and uh, hopefully it works. Um, I was just going to say before we wrap up, uh, I just want to talk about this game because I. I know that next time that we talk, mm-hmm. it will be a long distant memory and I'll never talk about it again. Okay. Um, I know this is one that isn't on your list too. So this isn't, hasn't been covered by today I play. Okay. WordPress.com. Today I play blog.wordpress.com. Uh, yes, yes, okay, sorry, sorry, okay. sorry. Uh, one shot. One shot. I'm guessing you haven't heard of this. One shot. Isn't that actually, that's the indie game, isn't it? Yeah, I, uh, did indie write, game, uh, I did write about that. Thank you very much. You did write about that. Oh no, Ooh. I completely missed that. It's actually, ah, I might yeah. not be on my games list. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, like, yeah. It, I'm a goddamn encyclopedia of gaming. That's. No, I think because the the full uh, release of it didn't happen until December, so I'm guessing the like I know it was like on a. Uh, um, it was available in earlier versions on uh, um, uh, RPG Maker and all that. So if, if if an earlier version was talked about, I would have completely missed it. I'm sorry, it's actually a different game. I covered ah. one chance. Ah. All right, all right. <laughs> you win this round. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad for a second. No, that's fine. No, you're good. Uh, no, no, no uh, like an actual like an actual problem that happened near the end was I would like be like oh, I'm gonna write about this today and I'm like did I already write about that? Hmm. <laughs> um, it became a, like an actual problem because it's like I don't because again there were so many things like I played and then scrapped that I didn't remember if I published them or not. Um, yeah, but yeah, like no, there's there's a, there's an indie game called One Chance. It's literally just, you just have like one life. It's like a choose your own adventure thing. Yes, um, uh, and I'm. You sure I have heard about that okay. before? One shot. Tell yeah. me about it. I'm on the Steam page. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I mean, you're a huge fan of Pony Island, right? Yeah, like, yeah. One, the, one of my sort of... one of my top ten games of last year. Hmm. Uh, very different take on the fourth wall breaking sort of uh idea, but also like very inventive in how it does it. Uh. Otherwise, like it's it's a fairly the gameplay itself. It's a fairly stock standard adventure game, but I think. The quality of writing and the atmosphere that it's got is just, uh, it's very, um, so basically you're controlling this, uh, small child with cat ears and massive yellow eyes that, uh, as far as he's concerned, or she, yeah, the gender's never given, uh, as far as they're concerned, um, 
they're not a cat at all, and they don't understand why you'd assume that they're a cat. But it's this very sort of like uh, it. There's two things bad that stand out for me. One is that the the very melancholy sort of uh, uh, you're in a post-apocalyptic world, and you honestly, you know, throughout the game, the the characters are very uh, aware that regardless of what you do, things may never improve for them. Like it's pretty much given from the start that you're going to be helping things ultimately, but there's no 100% guarantee that what you do is going to fix things forever. Mm. So it, the world itself is very somber, but it's still... It's not in a super depressing way. Like, the game does have its own sense of humour and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, the other thing, and it's just... is really interesting about in general, is just uh, the way it breaks the fourth wall. I think it does it in a way that's different than Pony Island, but also very inventive in that it uses, um, it installs things outside of the game itself that you have to utilize, hmm. which is, uh, I, I'm sure that there are other games that have done it. Um, there's one horror, there's one horror game called I'm Scared that I covered that did that, where it would create a folder yeah. on your, it was, it was, it was, uh, quite freaky. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, and that's the, it's the, it's the kind of thing that you, did, uh, could see working in a horror game, but the, the way it's utilized here is actually really cool. Like, I, I won't go into details and stuff. Like, but yeah, I, I was just really surprised that I think the fact that this game came out in early December, it kind of got buried, especially underneath the Steam sales and everything. Uh-huh. But uh, I think it's one that's really worth seeking out. I was really happy with the time that I spent with it. Uh, in the time you were telling me about it, I just uh, sent a request to the publisher. <laughs> oh, Because uh, I... Uh... I do have a, I have connections. Mm. <laughs> Actually, it's always a website that every every guy game person uses and might go ignored, mm. but it's a cheap game, so it's a, yeah. it's on my wish list if nothing else. Um, that seems like something I would definitely uh, want to look into because um, like I said, like like I'm really glad that I was able to cover so many indie games. Um, there's yeah. a website called Warp Door. That um, is pretty much nothing but like surreal avant-garde kind of games, and it's usually like a different offering of all. Like it, it's like a curation of all this like HIO stuff that like I wouldn't have time to look through, and it's like always something really cool and interesting. And I got a lot of stuff like that. Um, I, I, that's where I got Off Peak from, um, which mm. is a game I'd recommend to you to play because uh, it was also one of my favorite games of last year, and it's, it's maybe an hour long if that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's free on Steam. And it's like, you will go through that game and just kind of look at everything and hear everything and go, this is a Damien game. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> like just the aesthetics of it are so, so, so much. And I did a video on it as well. I was just like, it was just me walking around just going, oh, that's everything about this. I just, it's great. Um, it's, it's this very simple story of you needing to find pieces of a ticket to leave a train station. Yeah. Um, it's just very like first person adventure thing. And, um, just the way it looks, and it's kind of like this, like, you know, slight sci-fi thing to it, but not really. You know it's not, like, the same universe as Earth, um, but, like, these people are vaguely human, and, and just everyone has really interesting things to say, and, and uh, it was created by musicians, um, and you can tell because the music is fantastic. But, like, everything kind of, like, goes back to music in a way. And um, mm. in, in, this, in this world, like, the only entertainment is board games and music. 
um, and, and kind of how that ties together and things. And, and it's it's really interesting and gives this kind of glimpse of like this bigger world outside of it. And uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to uh, their next game uh, whenever that comes out. But um, it like it hit I, me so well that it was like, oh, this is one of my favorite games of the year, even though it came out technically in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm cheating. I don't care. It's it's great. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, like I, I, there's, there's so much other stuff out there still I want to play that's just like so weird and experimental and um, just doing all kinds of new things. And, and that's another thing. I like one of my goals this year is like um, Twine. I hear is really easy to use and learn. Mm-hmm. And I want to make my own Twine game, um, even if it's something small and stupid. Just because, um, you know, I, I've always had like uh, you know, an interest in that kind of stuff and just never really had the time. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's playing to your. Uh your skill set as well. Yeah. But you, you aren't a, a programmer or, you know, anything like that. It, you're a writer, so it makes sense to make a time game. Mm. And, uh, I would play that. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it, like, I have all these, you know, story. Like, like, I've always had ideas for stories in my head and just never knowing how to, where to put them, if that makes any sense. Um, mm. and, and just kind of like how to tell them. And, and like, oh, maybe I'll make a movie or maybe I'll do a book or whatever. And it's like, eh, well. Maybe I can make a game. Um, so yeah, lots of uh, cooks in the kitchen, as they say, I guess, as always. Uh, always keeping busy, if nothing else. Uh, I, I can never, I can never really complain about being bored. It, it, so that's the one advantage to all this. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I think we've both got big things in our futures. Yes, I, I really hope. Yeah, I really hope this is the year that I break out from my usual scene and actually start exploring the world a lot more because I hope they introduce yeah. an Australian championship, uh, <laughs> a beautiful belt. And I, I, uh, we see you on the WWE network, uh, weekly. And, uh, then you have, we'll have a round table discussion with Renee young after every show, <laughs> uh, talking about your match. And, uh, you know, and, and I'll tell people, I knew that guy. And then, uh, you know, when I am a world famous whatever I'm going to be, <laughs> you can be like, I also knew that guy. And, uh. No. We'll say that we know each other because we'll still be good friends then. Right? Okay, good. Good to, know, <laughs> good to know you remember the little people. Yeah. Uh, on the, on, on the way up. When you're Intercontinental Champion and I just show up at your house and be like, hey, um, you told me I was going to hold the belt, right? I could just hold the belt and like pose with it. And you'd be like, no, I don't remember that. Remember this. Verbal contract. Because um, I will say that right now. <laughs> um, that, that is one thing. But if I ever befriend the Intercontinental Champion, um, I, I need to hold the belt. So. Damien, I promise that if I ever become Intercontinental Champion, you can hold my belt. Thank you. That's all I ask. That's all I need out of life, really, um, is to hold somebody okay. else's intercontinental championship, and then I'm like, that's that's pretty much where all this is going. Like, 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 if I'm gonna get famous, great. It's just I'm just gonna get like the John Stewart spot anyway on like an episode of Raw, just so I can hold the intercontinental title. That's all this is about. It's just a long con. But, uh, the prestigious intercontinental championship. Yes, that, uh, absolutely. I don't care if I don't care who's holding it. It's always going to be the belt to me, so. That's a show. It was indeed. Uh, and will continue to be. 
This is our... F- Without looking, what number do you think this 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 episode was? Uh, five or six. Five or six. Let's see. This will be episode six. Oh, there we go. We've on our last life. So we actually put out two podcasts last year. Crazy. <laughs> so go go us and three in 2015. So we we uh we got to keep this uh this this great uh, rate of release going. Uh, still better than Drop D, <laughs> which hasn't had an episode. Uh, we are still currently covering Nine Inch Nails ever since uh, January 1st of 2015. What? I actually have the next episode of Drop D on my computer, and it's been sitting on there for mm. a year now. Uh, wow. I never got around to editing it. Uh, but uh, life happens, as we said. So yeah. maybe, hey, exclusive, maybe one day Drop D will come back <laughs> if I ever get around to editing this other episode. And we listen to the rest of the Nine Inch Nails. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like you know, March or whatever, we can shoot for another one. Yeah. Okay. Sounds Talk good. This year. All right. All right. See you, man.